I can find freedom from obsession of food and achieve a healthy weight that I was never able to do from the age of three and up that you can too. You are no different than I am. Welcome to the Dr. Ashley Show. I'm Dr. Ashley and the purpose of this show is to help you take control of your health and your metabolism so that you can live a life of longevity. We're gonna talk about all things related to fat loss, fitness, behavior change, and your mindset with a focus on your education, understanding, and confidence so that you can really achieve your ultimate well-being. Today on the show, we're gonna talk about a topic that plagues a lot of you and stops you from successful weight loss. And that is this feeling of loss of hope, um, diving into a feeling of frustration to the point where you give up right before the moment that real change happens. I come from a professional ballet dancer background. I was put in ballet when I was a really young girl. I was about three years old and I was not very talented. Back then they put the untalented girls in the back row and the talented girls in the front row. And my home was the back row left corner. I mean, for about eight years, I felt rejection. I felt like I wasn't good enough, but I have this fire in my belly where if someone tells me that something's not possible, I'm gonna show them that they're wrong. I, when I was probably 12 years old, I was put with a teacher from Japan and she was so strict and I am really grateful for everything that she taught me, but she also put a lot of rejection in my mind. Uh, she told me that I was fat all the time. Um, I would always watch what I ate, but I was still not lean enough for the sport. Um, at one point she yelled at me and told me that she could see the lunch that I ate on my hips and that if I didn't watch it, I wasn't gonna get the good parts. I worked so hard and I was pushing my body to do things that physically it didn't want to do. At one point I injured my back really badly. I didn't know what was happening and so I went to the doctor and the doctor said that I had a stress fracture in my low back from putting too much pressure and probably not having good nutrition. And so they told me that I had to wear this really long, hard back brace. Uh, it went down from my tailbone all the way up to my shoulders. And when I would bend over, it would stick out like a little turtle shell. I was in high school and I was not ever very popular, but that back brace didn't make me any more popular. Um, but I was told that I needed to wear that back brace all the time to let it heal for about six weeks to three months, but I didn't listen. I felt like I couldn't let anybody down and I couldn't let myself down, so I needed to keep pushing and pushing. So I wore that back brace to school. I wore it to bed, but I kept dancing and training. And I'm so sad that I did that. I really regret it because today, to this day, this moment actually, I'm dealing with really bad sciatic pain that's running it down my my leg and I know that I could have avoided that if I just took the time and took the time off, but I didn't and I pushed through it and I eventually ended up at a boarding school for ballet and it's a miracle that I ended up there and I was so far behind. I was at a freshman level when all of my colleagues were you know, landing the, the roles of the queens of faraway kingdoms, Juliet and Romeo and Juliet, uh, the jewels and here I was literally the tree. For quite a long time, I was in this victim mindset. I felt rejected. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I had excuses, um, all of these things just holding me back. And I had to, I was, I was so frustrated with myself because I had worked and worked through injuries, through people telling me that I was 
too fat despite counting calories like an expert bookkeeper. My Russian teacher told me that she had no idea why I was there. I was so far behind. It was humbling. It hurt my ego. I was so frustrated. I had this feeling of hopelessness within me that no matter how hard I pushed, I was never there. I was never good enough. She told me, I remember sitting down with her, that um, I was too fat and that I would have kids really easily in my future because my hips were so wide. Um, despite that, I, I knew I couldn't have this victim mindset. I knew that I couldn't hold myself back anymore. So I decided right then and there to change my mindset to one of resiliency. It strengthened my resolve. I knew that I had to just get up and keep pushing forward. I knew I couldn't sit in this, this state of frustration anymore. And by the end of the year, I still didn't land any of the lead roles, but even my Russian teacher told me how proud she was. I think it was right then when all of the hard work started to pay off for me. I went on and I earned my undergraduate degree in ballet performance and I finally started to get the lead roles. I finally felt like I, I might be good enough. I still struggled with my weight. I still wasn't where I needed to be. I didn't eat red meat because I thought that that was gonna give me high cholesterol. I didn't eat any dietary fat because I thought that fat would make me fat. And I had high cholesterol and I was also pre-diabetic. I was still frustrated with myself, but at least I felt like my hard work was paying off. I was able to dance in the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. I got a job with one of my, my favorite companies that I really wanted a full-time job with, and this specific job was just part-time in the winters and the summer. I danced in over 400 nutcrackers nationally, and I always had stress fractures in my feet because I wasn't taking care of my body. I was just pushing, pushing, and grinding all of the time. I got this role when I was with this amazing company to do Spanish during the Nutcracker. And it was a solo, I was so excited, I put my heart into it. And I remember getting off of the stage thinking that, oh my gosh, if I've done a good job, I might actually get this full-time job. And the ballet master, the owner of the company at the time came up and said, Ashley, I have no idea what that was, but you look like a spaz and you need to go back to the studio and start it all over. Again, I was just so rejected. I was full of that same feeling of unworthiness. And at the end of that season, he told me I didn't have a job with them because my calves were too small for the rest of my body. So some things, I guess, just never change. After that, I just kept pushing forward. I had that resiliency mindset. I would not give up even if I was in pain and didn't feel good enough. And I got a job with a company. I was very excited about it. And it was still such a, a, a hard life, never being good enough, always being told that my body wasn't the way that it should have been. But I was chosen to tour with them and, and go to New York City. You know, that's every dancer's dream. And I was so excited thinking, oh my gosh, I have finally made it. Went up there and instead of finding myself in the spotlight of all of these once in a lifetime shows, I landed in the ER. I had no idea what was going on. I thought I was having a heart attack. And after a whole bunch of tests, the neurologist came back and said that I was underfed and overexercised and that I could not continue if I wanted my body to last. And I was in my mid-20s. It was so hard for me because I had to step away from dancing before most people would have said that I ever made it. I mean, talk about a feeling of total failure. I was so frustrated and I was so fearful about my health future. I had no idea what I was gonna do with myself. That's kind of like Michael Phelps being ready to jump in the pool at the Olympics, but instead being pulled off and carted to the hospital. 
It might not sound like a big deal, but to me, it was everything and it was everything crashing down. So again, I found myself falling back into those that victim mindset, feeling so frustrated and hopeless. I didn't know what to do with myself and I understood how significantly nutrition impacted my own sport performance. So that's what I did. I decided to go in and earn my PhD in sports nutrition and chronic disease so that I could help others overcome the challenges that I have fought since I was pretty much three years old. I was at the time obsessed with food. I was hungry all the time. I could count calories so accurately that I think if my fitness pal just downloaded my brain at the time, the app would have been much more accurate than it is today. I mean, that's all I thought about was what was I going to eat next and why wasn't my body showing how little I was eating and how much I was moving. So I studied energy metabolism. And then most importantly, I knew that mindset was key. I understood that most of this nutrition and weight loss and behavior change comes from the mind. So I studied that. I studied the mental, emotional, the habits, behaviors to figure out what we need to do to overcome all the struggles that I had. So I went on and I taught at The Ohio State University. And there I realized I love the science, but I'm not patient enough to do research. And I need to see dramatic change in people because that's what I wanted to see in myself throughout all of those years. And so I went back to school because I thought to be a true expert in weight loss and weight management, I needed to be a registered dietitian. So I went and I got into this very competitive school to become a registered dietitian. And I was so disappointed because I was taught all of the same things that didn't work for me. I was told that you need to eat less and you need to move more. Well, I did that for years and it never worked. And I was just injured all the time and still too fat for the sport and what it demanded. I was told that I just need to eat everything in moderation and I just need to have more willpower. And I know that that didn't work. So what I did was I took everything I learned during my dietetic internship, all of my experiences as a professional ballet dancer, all of the grits and all of those feelings of unworthiness and shame. And then I took everything I learned from my doctoral work and I put together the PhD approach. I started to work with athletes. I wanted to help them optimize body composition, drop fat and improve performance. But what I found helped all of these athletes had a more profound impact on those of us struggling with excess weight. And that's what really allowed me to create change in people's lives. It initiated this fire in my belly for this mission to help as many people as possible overcome their struggles with weight gain. I share all of this with you because I want you to understand that your life and things in your life are likely not exactly where you want them to be. And that's okay, but you cannot give up because most often what happens is when you give up, you're giving up right before the moment real change happens. I want you to know that there is always hope, that you can make a change, but your desire to change has to significantly outweigh your desire to stay the same. You have to go in with your whole heart, your whole mind, and be resilient. That's what it's all about. I want you to not settle for less. You deserve to have good health, you deserve to experience the best life possible. And I want you to know that if I can find freedom from obsession of food and achieve a healthy weight that I was never able to do from the age of three and up, that you can too. You are no different than I am. I want you to follow five steps. And these are the steps that I took and that I help clients with every day to drop the weight and keep it off. 
So the first one is eating the right type of fuel. There's going to be a right type of fuel for your body, and it's probably going to be different than your neighbor's. I also want you to understand that there's going to be some type of restriction that you need to implement in the way that you eat. I have a lot of clients that come in and they say, gosh, I'd like to drop this weight. I'd like to achieve better health, but I'm not going to restrict myself. Well, I'm always going to be honest and transparent with you that you're not going to achieve your health goals if there's not some type of restriction. I can't think of anyone who has their optimal health and optimal body and they don't restrict something. There are three types of restriction. One is the type of food that you eat. You're gonna to have to potentially look at the type of food you eat and choose between the foods that love you back and the foods that don't love you back. I say no to certain foods in my life and I don't look at it like restriction. I look at it as a form of self-respect. So here's an example, Cinnabon smells so good, right? I've been traveling a lot and I see Cinnabon, I smell Cinnabon and I see so many people eating Cinnabon in the morning. I'm not judging them, but I do know the metabolic impact that those cinnamon rolls have on your blood glucose and it is not good. So I leave Cinnabons just to enjoy the smell and not the taste. If you eat, and we'll talk about this in future episodes, but if you eat a really sugary, sweet breakfast, it's gonna cause a roller coaster of blood glucose highs and lows, and you're gonna be so hungry and inflamed throughout the day. We'll talk about that later. But thinking about the type of food is the number one type of restriction. Number two is the amount of food. You're gonna to have to think about potentially portion control and the amount that you're eating throughout the day. And then the other is the timing of your food, when you eat what you eat. So there are different types of time restriction. I'm not saying you have to intermittent fast, for example, but you're going to have to implement likely more than one of these types of restrictions. So if you're really serious about dropping weight and improving your health, you might play with all three types of restrictions. So again, that's timing of when you eat, the amount that you eat, and the type of food that you eat. The next thing that you need to think about is having the right mindset. And that's what I talked to you in sharing my story. The hopelessness, the shame, that I'm not good enough, the unworthiness, these are all stories that we can work and let go of. And I understand that my story is not nearly as difficult to a lot of your stories. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that if you can choose in your life what's right and focus forward rather than focusing on what's wrong and understand that 80% of any kind of change comes from the mind and that weight loss is no different, you're going to skyrocket your success. A lot of people just focus on the what, when, how much to eat. That is important, but how you're thinking and how you're fueling your mind is just as important as how you're fueling your body with food. The next thing is fully collapsing your belly fat. We're gonna talk about this in a whole episode, but your belly fat keeps you fat. I want you to understand that the fat cells in the belly secrete hormones that just encourage its continued growth. So if you only drop a portion of your excess fat weight, then you're at extremely high risk of it all coming back and it has nothing to do with you. The next component that you have to be aware of is that weight loss is largely an addiction recovery process for a lot of people. Everybody is different, but I want you to be aware that it's not as simple as calories in and calories out. If you feel that you need support to overcome the addiction component associated with food, then get it, no guilt or shame allowed. And the last aspect that I want you to understand is that maintenance is for life. You need to have support through maintenance. A lot of people drop the weight, get to maintenance, 
and take their foot off the gas pedal when actually maintenance is where the work is to be done. I want you to understand that a maintenance mindset actually leads to destruction. I hate the word maintenance. I wish I could rename it. I want you to think that our bodies, our energy follows the flow of nature's energy. Nature is always in a state of growth. It's always moving forward. And so we need to always move forward as well. If you think that you get to maintenance and you can just maintain, it's going to lead to a destruction situation. And you're going to find that your weight gain comes back. So what I encourage you to do is to establish some kind of goal that's always going to be uncomfortable that gets you reaching forward. So once you hit that goal weight of yours, I want you to establish a goal that challenges you and moves you forward. If you're listening to this on Spotify or some kind of podcast platform, please subscribe and leave a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and leave a comment. I read all of the comments and I reply to all of them and I want us to have a dialogue. So please comment, list any kind of topics or questions that you might have because then I can do a show about them. I'm grateful for your time and I hope to catch you on the next episode. Remember that you need to step up and make the change. Lead with your heart, train your mind, and do not negotiate with your body. See you next time.